1: back, we have a show that's going to have a lot of interesting little tidbits for all of you i'm going to uh, Julie and I are going to be reading to you an email that Julie and I both received the other day and I love the email honestly it was just a wonderful question by a very obviously considerate person and it's not um, something that you'll necessarily normally have thought of asking and most of you won't you, you will feel this question is relevant to you, but maybe you weren't, weren't able to put the words together like this listener did. So I'm going to be reading that. Julie and I are going to be reading that email to you um, in a second. We're going to be responding to it. But before we do, i had three or four of you ask uh, Julie and I talk about the Realogy Amazon uh, partnership. And I'm going to give you guys a little bit of background. I don't remember if it was two years ago or three years ago. This is a true story that I'm about to tell you. It sounds a little far fetched, but it's true. Um, And I can't give you the whole backstory because some of it's confidential, but I'll give you the gist of it. So two or three years ago, I knew for sure that Amazon was going to be dabbling into the real estate space. So much so, I found an unindexed page inside Amazon's website that they were creating. So it was literally a page that wasn't supposed to be searchable, but no one on the public was supposed to find out about. But it turns out your old friend Tim knows some shit about having to poke around on a website, so he actually found this unindexed page. So...
2: And I remember that day, by the way, because that was a big aha. That was like, hmm, isn't this interesting?
1: Yep, and the page, the gist of it was, you know, find your home, find your realtor. It was like a portal page, in essence. That's what it looked like. Julie, your mic's a little wonky. So they, um, I found this page, and I saw that they weren't, they weren't trying to hide it necessarily, but they certainly didn't want anyone to find it. I then um, emailed it to Brad Inman. Brad and Julie and I have been friends forever. I mean, I, Julie and I have been fans of Brad going all the way back to the 90s. When he um, left Microsoft, and he started Inman News Features, and you know we've been friends for a long time. He's been very, very gratuitous towards us with regards to um, the growth of our companies, and yeah, so we're supporters of his, he of ours. So I always am tipping him off about things I'm hearing from the ether that would be relevant to the masses, and I did, and I, and they didn't believe it. <laughs> so I sent this. I, I did not send a link to the page because I wasn't sure if that was going to cause me some problems, but I did tell them about it. And um, they didn't believe me. Inman didn't believe me. They thought I was full shit, and that I was pulling it out, whatever. I mean, they didn't say it like that, but that was the gist of it. And so I ended up sending them a link to that page, and they couldn't believe it. They just were beside themselves. They ended up doing a story on it. You guys can just search this and find it. Just If you put in Inman News Features Amazon, you'll find the article that they ended up doing as a result of my tip. And um, the next day, like essentially all the other, uh, like Zillow, and uh, just, there was a whole bunch of other companies that, were, that had their stock values dropped because people were saying, well, holy crap, if Amazon's going to get into the real estate space, all these other little companies are going to be smashed, and you know, Zillow was the one that made the news. Well, Zillow's stock comes back after three or four days. It's not a big thing. But anyway, moral of the story is, is that, I knew, and I told all of you guys, Julie and I did two or three years ago, that Amazon was going to get into this space and um, the, I, I did not think personally they were going to get into the brokerage space. I did think personally they were going to try to get into the referral space that 's the cleanest end of the business to get into because you don 't have to deal with licenses um, you know they 're going to do maybe with what, Brad, what um, Julie, what Dave Ramsey does or there were, you know, some of these other guys that essentially are, have these big media empires and they're able to generate traffic and they're able to generate leads for agents and then sell those leads, You know, basically what the portals do. So I suspected that's what Amazon was going to do. And I suspected they were going to do it through some sort of ethical bribe, offering a gift certificate or something like that. Now, what some of you don't know because you've not been in the business long enough is this has been done a thousand times before. Um, I remember when Julie and I were selling real estate, That What was it, Julie? It was Costco, and they had a competitor. Do you remember the name of the competitor? It was another big uh, warehouse. Yeah, Sam's Club. Thank you. So both of those guys had uh, kiosks, and I bet you uh, Costco still does where you could walk up to them and you could get a referral for an agent, and then they would give you some sort of gift certificate to Costco in exchange for you using one of their Costco-approved agents. And then there was all kinds of other companies that have done this over the years. There's, this is not a new idea. So what Realogy has done with Amazon, and this is the, and hopefully you're understanding the nature of what I'm telling you, is this is a Low level idea, and I don't think noting how Amazon does business. I do not think this is Amazon's big idea with regards to getting into real estate. I think this is just the first step, and so what they're going to try to do is Amazon's going to try to do, and I think they'll be successful at it too. They're going to try to call leads, you know, C U L L leads for um, real agents in exchange for some sort of. Uh, referral fee, or some—I'm sorry—in in exchange for giving the consumer some sort of gift certificate, makes sense. It's easy. It's the easy button for everybody concerned. Now, there's so many ways that you don't—so many reasons why you, as a, if you're not a estate agent, don't need to worry about that. The biggest one is—is is that they're not going to do that effective of a job letting consumers know about it. And then secondarily, consumers are—I would say, with the exception of first-time buyers—they're not so easily swayed. People will not hire an agent to sell their house. And to max, you know, just all the complexity and the emotions that are associated with selling a house, there, there will be very few uh, home sellers in particular who are going to be that easily seduced by some sort of gift card. I just don't think that's, it doesn't even remotely make sense to me. So don't worry about it, it's the moral of the story. Now, where are they going to go? It's obvious where they're going to go. Look, again, I use the Dave Ramsey thing as an example because Dave executed his. Um, What is it, Julie? What what does Dave call his? ELP, right? It's
2: called ELP, but I can't remember exactly what that stands for. But that is what it is.
1: Yeah, he actually. And if you're not, if you guys aren't working with uh, Dave Ramsey uh, as an ELP, the gist of it is, is that you have to. And I like the way he did it. It's very smart. So you have to apply. You have to take a class. You have to then have a. They uh, will value you and decide whether or not you get additional. Endorse local provider.
2: Sorry. That's there you go, endorse, local, endorse provider. local
1: provider. Yeah, and then they'll decide whether or not they're going to send you more referrals based on your ability to uh, do certain tasks. And they're not really high level, but the gist of it is, is are you securing the business? So they're sending you these leads without a referral. You only pay a referral fee on the back end. Personally, I like that. No, I would prefer that you guys never have to pay referral fees, but if you're going to have to you know, shovel out a little bit of money, and you're going to get some business that wouldn't have come your way anyway, and you have to pay a 25% referral fee, look, the business has been done that way forever, so there's really fundamentally nothing wrong with that. So um, where there is a problem is when they charge you up front for a dubious quality lead, and then you end up basically losing money on it um, because of the fact that there really is no, um, you know, there isn't, the, the lead itself isn't a very good quality. Bottom line is Amazon is most certainly going to go the direction that uh, Dave Ramsey did with the ELPs. I cannot think why he wouldn't do that. That's the easy button. Um, So will other companies start emulating that model? Absolutely. And so, you know, I would not surprise me at all if other big companies didn't do similar alliances with other retailers and do similar things. Or... you, as an individual practitioner, can do the same thing. And this is a lower level kind of idea, but I'm just going to throw this out there because this really did stimulate business for Julie and I when we sold real estate a thousand years ago, it seems like. Um, this was Julie's idea. So, Julie and I were always active in uh, the Humane Society in Columbus, Ohio. And we knew one of the board members of the Uh, Columbus, uh, whatever it was, the Humane Society in Columbus. And so Julie had the idea, buy or sell with me, adopt a pet for free. Now, some of you who are in our premier coaching program, you've taken that idea and you've maybe made it better or more localized or, you know, whatever. You can take the idea and you can figure out a way to market it. And I have to say, that really did generate business for us as a way of making people realize that, you know, we were trying to, and again, this was a little extra something, that made people feel that we are more in alignment with their own value set. That's one of the things that we teach you how to do as far as a premier coaching program is move past sort of maybe what some of you think as being a black and white approach to real estate. And you do have to realize who your customer is. You do have to make sure that the way you uh, present yourself is in alignment with, what, uh, with how they perceive things. That is your job as a business professional is making sure that you're presenting yourself in such a way that it makes sense to them. That's something that we did and that people really like. So if you're trying to think of a way as a small individual agent, how you can essentially come out with something similar, I just told you, or you can come out with something other – you know, in addition to that, there was literally just a gal at our office here who is uh, the um, director of a big charity here in North Austin, and um, she was dropping off a little nice present for Zoe and inviting Julie and I to a charity function this week. And, um, well, I can guarantee you we're going to give her money. And, and then maybe one of the things we can do is if I were selling, and Julie and I were selling real estate is we could just essentially start publicly, um, aligning ourselves with that charity because she does a fantastic job of getting the word out and everyone in the community knows about this charity. So what we could do hypothetically, and you guys can do the same thing. And if you're in North Austin, it's called big B I G, um, Well, you could then start sponsoring that uh, charity, and then what would happen is because she's such a powerful, uh, you know, she's such a powerful leader, is she would probably then start overtly sending you real estate leads. Okay, here's another one. Every year at our – we used to do this uh, pumpkin drive thing where we would sell pumpkins, and all the money would get donated to a local charity. Uh, At Christmas, we would do a canned food drive, We just different things like that. Julie and I, when we were selling real estate, and a lot of you guys do the same thing, because we're already – you guys see what I'm getting here? You see what I'm doing here? I'm trying to show you how you can sort of not live in fear – Of you know some sort of Amazon, Rilogy thing, and you can create your own local presence. That doesn't matter who it is; will never be able to penetrate because you've proven yourself to your market. And this is actually teeing us up perfectly for the email I'm about to read. You guys, or actually, Julie's going to read to you. Um, You can also get a lot of
2: great local press for that, Tim. You know, doing press releases is not hard. And well, all the papers are looking for stories. Yeah. I mean there's there's an endless supply. And we do have a big list called your your twelve month center of influence plan but, in your coaching that we refer to. Yeah.
1: Take a half so step we can talk back. back. So with the pumpkin drive thing. Where I'm just going to give you the yeah. broad uh, broad moves of this. And this was all Julie's idea. She, she was wanting to move on, but uh, Julie's is a really good point. So what we did is we invited out the American Red Cross. The American Red Cross did a, a blood drive at the same time we were doing this, public event, uh, this pumpkin a selling event. We would call a local farmer, and uh, this is when we lived in New Albany, Ohio, and we would – Personally, pay for I don't even know how many pumpkins, a crap ton. <laughs> and They would unload them well, and they would put them in a. Well,
2: wholesale if you buy enough of them too. You're not spending billions yeah. of dollars on things.
1: No, this was less yep. than this was less than probably 750 bucks. It wasn't that much, yeah. and they would sell you the pumpkins for like a buck or two bucks or something like that. And you could even get that sponsored. So the American Red Cross would do a blood drive. at at the same time, and we would do this in the parking lot of the local elementary school. And then the elementary school would allow the American Red Cross to set up some gurneys so they could just uh, – well, here's the thing we didn't know. The American Red Cross will actually telemarket into the community to everyone that's given blood before or they think might give blood to come to the event. And we had – the first year we did that with the American Red Cross at that elementary school, we had probably, I don't even know, 1,000 people. I remember we sold out of the pumpkins – yeah, we sold out of the pumpkins about halfway through the day and, and we felt terrible about it 'cause at we the at the very the end of the day
2: that they were on. At, well, we but, sold the scarecrows, the hay, the mini pumpkins. They practically bought the we grass. Did.
1: We did pandemonium. I remember at the end, Julie, that uh, there was a big bus, a coach that showed up, and a local senior center had uh, loaded all their senior citizens in there, and they showed up to buy pumpkins, but all the pumpkins were sold. We felt terrible. That really did happen. But, hey, early bird gets the worm and all that sort of thing. So what I'm telling you guys is don't be overly impressed with these types of moves because you can ultimately dominate your local markets by thinking about different ways you can be of service to other people and different ways you can help other people. That's the gist of it. And again, this is teeing us up for what this email was. So, Julie, if you don't mind, if you can read the email.
2: Yes. Uh, and one last thought on that, that we've had clients, a lot of our premier coaching clients are doing this, is they are recreating the Homes for Heroes deal. Homes for Heroes, Great. I think, is a 30 or 40% um, you know, fee. But if you're in a military town, and a lot of towns in Texas, most of our Texas agents do this, um, you can set up your own benefits for veterans. And one of the things we've been working really hard on is our agents knowing about those special VA programs. Texas comes to mind in particular because there are so many, I mean, there's there's like eight different programs. You can buy land, you can rehab land, you can buy a ranch, you can get zero percent down financing if you're a vet. So just knowing about that and doing like a veteran's home buying seminar and then having some perks to them. So there's, there's lots of ways that you can run with the same idea that these companies have come up with, but create your own and go direct to those clients. So that leads us to our email so we can tie all this together. So uh, here it goes. It says, first of all, hello there. My name is Alex and I've been listening to your podcast for about four weeks now and I absolutely love it. I'm also reading your book and make sure to get up at least an hour early every morning so I can have time to read it. It's definitely changing my life and I don't know where I'd be without it. Well, Thank you for that, Alex. We very much appreciate that. Uh, and Alex goes on to say, Anyway, I just have one big question while reading and listening. In your book and the podcast, you talk about, quote, being of service to other people. However, when I read through the key elements of being a real estate agent, like generating a lead, lead follow-up, pre-qualify, present, negotiate, and close, obviously has been tuned in, most of it has to do with prospecting and finding and maintaining clients. I understand that's what it takes to make money, but where is the service part of it all? What are we actually providing clients that is of value to them? It seems like with the advent of the internet, people are able to do for themselves most of what agents had to do to, quote, earn their keep in the past. So what am I providing that is worthy of that 3% commission? Anyway, I hope my question makes sense. <clears throat> if it doesn't, I'd love to sit down and try to clarify any points that were not communicated well. And again, thank you so much. I love you guys. Um, so, And you've got some notes that I won't read after that. But thank you, Alex, for your email and for all of your nice words. And then let's address that. I think that's an excellent question. What is it that makes you worthy of 3% commission?
1: Well, before we get to our first point, I want to remind all of you. That if you would like to have a free coaching call um, and you'd like to download six of our free books, Alex was referring to Harris Rules which is, not, it is only available at Barnes & Noble. It's only available at Amazon and things like that. So this is not one of the books we give away, but we are giving away the Real Estate Treasure Map, which is the fill-in-the-blank business plan that all of you must have. If you've done this business plan a year ago and you haven't updated it, if you're not absolutely positively using the Real Estate Treasure Map as your North Star in your business and personal life, you really are making a huge mistake. If you don't believe me, listen to all the, you know, frankly, the testimonials and the loads of praise that people have passed our way in thanking us for giving us that. Real estate treasure map. You get that for absolutely for free. Nothing, no strings attached. All you've got to do is text the word Harris, H A R R I S to 31996. Text the word Harris, H-A-R-R-I-S, to 31996. Or you can also go to free coaching calls for agents.com if you're on your desktop. But the quickest and easiest way is just to text the word Harris to 31996. And when you do, not only are you going to get the six free books, but you're also going to be entitled to a free coaching call with one of our new member coaches. All right. So here are the questions I wrote down. And this was... um, you know, Alex. These I know you're listening. So, the questions that I wrote down were specifically pertaining to your email, and I'm gonna I'm gonna give you the, the punchline, and then I'm gonna go back and I'm gonna help you to dis- to hopefully dissect your thinking about what sale- being a salesperson is. Okay, so that's what I'm gonna do. But I'm gonna give you the punchline, and here's the bottom line. The most successful people in the history of history, and, I, and I've said this on the podcast. Julian and I both said this on the podcast. It's in our book, Harris Rules. But I understand why this is what I'm about to say is confusing. And trust me, I'll convince you that what I'm saying is true in a second. But the most successful people in the history of history have always been salespeople. Oh, shit, Tim, don't say that. What about Jesus? What about Gandhi? What about doesn't matter who? They were all great salespeople. Sorry. What about Mother Teresa? Great salesperson. What about, you can say whoever you want to say, every single person that was the most influential. What about great doctors? What about anybody? They were all great salespeople. Okay. Here's the, a true story. Um, I am probably 20, don't know how old, and I looked like I was probably about 12, and Julie and I get call, uh, we get a call from somebody who is an actual raja from India who happened to live in our community and um, we didn't we had we knew who, who, where his house was because his house was this massive unbelievably incredibly gorgeous place a palace if you will And so we get this email from one of his handlers, one of his admins, saying that, you know, Dr. So-and-so would like to meet with you. He wants you to help him sell a property. Well, we go into the property records, and in Ohio, I don't know if it's still true, but it was at the time, you could pretty much figure out everything that somebody owns. owns. And he had so many property records, it probably was about 20 pages. The guy literally owned hundreds of properties. (laughs) And so I'm thinking to myself, holy crap, this is just the opportunity of a lifetime. And guess what it was? So true story Julie had a closing or something like that So I went on this appointment myself I go up to the door of this you know, palatial mansion I knock on the door The door itself, I'm not exaggerating Was probably 12 to 15 feet tall And it was uh, just this ridiculous thing It's like I was Dorothy in the Wizard of Oz And you know what I'm saying Walking up to the gates And just the whole thing was so far out of scale And uh, the door slowly opens And guess what's there? A butler, of course, right? Wearing all black I'm not even making this up <laughs> it's yeah, anyway, so the butler leads me to the sitting room. And in this city room, it was just – it looked like a palace from Italy. And, yes, I've seen palaces in Italy before, so I know what I'm talking about. And uh, I was asked to sit in this silk chair that was – and the chair itself was the scale of massive. The room was massive. The ceilings were massive. Everything was massive. And the chair was massive. And I just felt ridiculous. I don't even think my feet completely reached the ground. And I'm not the shortest person in the world. You know what I'm saying here? The whole thing was like out of a parallel universe. So I'm sitting in there. And, uh, you know, I'm just waiting, really, for the doctor to show up. I remember, like I said, he's a Raja from India, which is, in essence, a royal family. So he then uh, walks in the room, and he must uh, – I mean, he must have sensed I was nervous as hell because I was. And uh, he, he he takes one look at me, and uh, he was so sweet. He he says um, – in a very slight Indian accent, he says to me, he says, you know, you and I are in the same business, I, and remember, this guy, I didn't tell you this part, but he was a cardiologist. Um, why would a guy that was rich from family money want to be a cardiologist? Because he wasn't a slacker. He wanted to, you know, he he obviously was ambitious. And then he started telling me he was a cardiologist, and, and then he just starts telling me this story and how he said, you and I are in the same business. And I said, well, what does that mean? he goes, well, we're both in the sales business. And I go, like, uh, what? <laughs> I thought, well, he can't possibly be referring to his medical practice, and he And he was. And he said, Tim, here's the thing. Um, I am a successful cardiologist because, and this is what he told me, okay, I intentionally chose to set up my practice in New Albany, Ohio. I could have done it anywhere in the world because I wanted to have proximity to a place where I knew there was a high percentage of people that would need my services. And I asked him what he meant by that. And he had his office set up, and I won't mention the town in case some of you from New Albany are listening because I don't want to, you know. And anyway, his practice wasn't in New Albany. It was probably about a half hour away, and it was in an area where there were a lot of overweight people that smoked. So he knew he would have a steady stream of customers. And then he went to tell me that he has. Now, he's not the surgeon, he's just the person that tells people they need surgery, right? So he then went to tell me that, you know, he has to, he literally said, convince people to have procedures done or they won't do them. He said he, one of his you know he is a salesperson and that not only does he have to do the medical aspect of knowing the best advice to give to people but even when you know he knows what's best for them and he can you know he can show them unequivocally that they have to have a certain procedure done or they're going to die he still says he has to convince them to do the procedure he has to sell them into doing the procedure and when he told me that I cannot – it wasn't immediate. I'm not going to make it like it was some sort of big aha moment. It wasn't. But when he told me that, it changed my – it completely changed the trajectory of how I thought about salespeople. It wasn't until that moment, Alex and everyone else listening, did I realize that I, like Alex, had a uh, – Screwed-up way of thinking about what a salesperson is. I thought a salesperson was just going to be some sort of you know, greasy, trying to convince you of some, you know, all the bullshit that basically poor people and lower middle class people think about salespeople. So what I'm trying to convince you of is that your perception of what a salesperson is is the perception not from your own experience but from what people gave you. And I'll give, be more, even more specific. Julie comes from a family of academia. And I come from a family sort of a, from academia, but nothing like Julie's family. Not a salesperson be found, really, in any of our families. And when um, certainly I and then Julie showed uh, a talent for that, do you think that they warmly embraced us? No, of course not, because we were, not, we were the black sheep in that particular cast you know, tying back in the Indian thing for those of you guys who know what the hell I'm talking about. But the moral of the story was is that we then had to accept the fact that that being a salesperson was not just an honorable thing to do, but it was absolutely our calling. And so then our ne- next natural. Uh, pathway was to become a salesperson like the doctor had become a great cardiologist. It was our mission then to become the best version of ourselves as salespeople, real estate professionals. What he did when he convinced people to do procedures is he saved their lives, perhaps more profound than helping someone buy or sell a house. We can agree. But what, we that, but what he had to learn, not just his craft of being a cardiologist, not all the medical stuff, but then how to work with people. And I'm going to use a word that's going to be offensive, and I really don't care because I'm tired of pandering to, you know, frankly, low energies people's inability to conceive uh, you know, thoughts that are going to change their lives. But here it is. He had to learn how to manipulate people into realizing what they had to do in order to basically save their lives. What you do as a salesperson, and I'm, by the way, manipulating you right now because what I'm doing is I'm telling you things to help you move past your own ego's resistance and your own defective software. I had it too, so did Julie, about what it meant to be a a powerful salesperson, but once you do choose to move past that, your life will shift because then you give yourself freedom to become the best version of yourself as a salesperson. Julie and I have done hundreds of live events. We much prefer podcasts, by the way, because then we can just walk around in our workout clothes, as I am now. <laughs> but when we do live events, uh, there is right now in our industry there is a strong tinge of lazy. People want to buy their business; they want to do everything through centers of influence and past clients. They want to do everything and anything to avoid the perception of, of being a salesperson. Everything and anything to avoid the uh, hearing ever hearing the word "no." And then what Julie and I will often say. Is, and this is always fun depending on the group. Is we'll say you are not doing your job every single day as a real estate professional, quote unquote, wink, wink for most of them. You guys understand what I'm saying, I think, unless you're putting yourself in a position to hear the word no at least five times a day. And I remember the first time Julie and I thought to say that, it wasn't that long ago, It maybe less than two years ago. The room practically grabbed their pitchforks uh, forks and wanted to tar and feather <laughs> us and run us back to Texas. Because the whole, do you remember that, Julie? <laughs> I do. Yeah. The whole idea that they would ever put themselves in a position to hear the word no, the word no to them was like some kind of, I don't even know what. It was, they were so terrified of feeling the feeling of hearing no and, okay, see, this is it. This is where the rubber meets the road. And, Alex, I have a feeling this is going to be a two part show. So, again, I sincerely uh, appreciate your thought provoking email. But here's the punchline, guys your real estate license says real estate sales per, uh, person. You are, a real, you are a salesperson. And if you're not, what goes along with you not thinking of yourself as a salesperson? What is the unintended consequences of you not realizing that you are a salesperson? What is it? I know what. You're never going to be very good at selling. You're, never going to, you're always going to fight with knowing scripts or having an organized approach. You're never going to want to do any proactive lead generation. In other words, you're going to be like everybody else, and you're just going to wait around for some you know, advanced form of luck to sprinkle some sales lead on you. That's what you're going to do unless you embrace yourself as a real estate salesperson. So, Julie, in the time we have remaining, you are the greater resistor mm-hmm. than me because you're analytical. Your dad's a physicist. Your mom's a Spanish teacher. Everyone in your family's, you know, <laughs> uh, some sort of academia sort. Your sister's got 14 PhDs and 17 MBAs. I mean, yeah. this is Julie's family. You had a greater <laughs> you had a greater fence to to climb to accept your fa- the fact you were a salesperson than me. Can you help them in the, you know, few minutes we have remaining how you got past that?
2: Well, you know, I have a, a not as uh, – broad story as your story about our, your doctor um, connection, although I always appreciate that. I know exactly, of course, who you're talking about, who, sure. incidentally, if you remember back, originally called us because we held open a house in a neighborhood that nobody ever does open houses over there, <sighs> and his comment was, well, you guys are the only ones that seem to be making an effort around here, so I just had to I add do. that prequel to well, the Well, you know what, Julie, um, you
1: you said something, You but you said something there, and mm-hmm. I went, actually, you just said a really, I don't know if you remember this part. But this doctor, as I told you guys, was Indian with a slight Indian accent. He went also, in addition to what Julie said, he said he called us, and post the, And this is when we were just starting to sell in New Albany, Ohio, by the way. He said he called us because he had tried to do business with the blue blood agents in the community, but he said they never called him back, and his perception was racism. He said that to us, yep. that they weren't following up with him because he was Indian. That's what he said. But the reality of it was – sorry, New Albany agents, but what I'm about to say is painful but true. They weren't following up because they were just lazy. I don't think it had anything to do with the fact that he was Indian, nope. honestly. I think you're right. I think they were just being lazy. So just for what it's worth, his perception was racism. Where the, the reality of it was is they just wanted to play more golf. Harsh but true. Well, so, he Julie said I'm that. Sorry. He said,
2: all I see them doing is playing on the golf course. So yeah. for those of you who live in fear of the high-end world, you know, that's a story right off, of, you know, right from us that people do notice when you make a higher effort. Okay, so I've got one minute until it's premiere. One of the things that I wanted to point <laughs> out related to, you know, him saying, I have to sell too. You know, one of my uh, music directors was on us in an orchestra rehearsal saying, You guys have to sell the music to the audience. They have to want to be there and not leave at intermission. You have to have more energy and enthusiasm. You have to sell them on how much fun they're having you know, because we were a, a more of a fun performance group. And I thought, well, that's interesting. As an introverted musician type, I didn't always think of it that way. And so that made me think of it. And then there's also a story in Harris Rules about a, if you recall, a um, Howard Brinton event that we went to that was a talent show for agents. And it, so that by itself I kind of thought, well, what's this going to be like? And it was incredible, what like the other lives we saw of these top producing agents. Russell Shaw was one that had like this crazy stand up comedian act. Um Gary Obaldini was singing and I'm like, who knew this about these people? And that was the light bulb that I could have both sides and be good at both and that you didn't have to choose and, and like reject the other things you were passionate about. So I'm gonna hey, leave, sister, it at, you're leave late that for, because I've got yep. to get on from here. Yep. I was about to say
1: you're gonna be late. <laughs> okay, <laughs> sorry Julie. All right. So those of you who are in Premier Coaching, uh, Head Coach Julie is obviously jetting off to be on uh, to host that semi-private call. For those of you who don't know, Premier Coaching is really our Premier Coaching program, and you literally get a daily semi-private coaching call as part of Premier Coaching. And Julie hosts that call Mondays through Thursdays, and on Friday it's uh, run by uh, Coach Rochelle, and Rochelle is going to teach all of you guys the more of distressed into the real estate business, which is alive and well in certain markets, short sales, REOs, and all that. That's all part of Premier Coaching. If you want to learn more about Premier Coaching, the easy button is just to uh, text the word Harris, H-A-R-R-I-S, to 31996. So guys, I want to pick up where we left off today, tomorrow. I really like this topic, because it really does get to the heart of where some of you guys struggle needlessly, and I think we can really do a lot to turn that around in your lives. So again, Alex, I do sincerely appreciate your uh, email, and any of you who would also, you know, we always read our emails. We're not necessarily the best at getting back right away, but we read all of them. If you guys want to text me directly, my and I know some of you are testing this to see if I actually answer, and I do. i probably getting four to 10 you know, sort of people texting me just to say hi a day, that's fine. You could text me at 512 758 0206. 512 758 0206. Anything at any time we can be of service to you guys, and Alex, I just gave you a little hint based on what I just said. Anytime we can be of service to you guys, please do feel free to reach out to us because that's our mission. Our mission is to help you guys along the way. Frankly, if you're willing to listen and if you're willing to stay focused, focus on one course, you know, follow one course until successful. If you're willing to do that, we're going to shave years and years off your learning curve and get you to the top of the mountain faster than uh, frankly I think you would ever do it on your own. So, please listen to what we're saying. We're trying our best to help you guys and we're doing our best to try to make it so that you can get the most out of this incredible business. You were smart enough in the first place to get your real estate license. Now are you going to be smart enough to stay in real estate? That's really going to be your question ultimately over the next couple of years. By the way, if any of you guys want to talk to me about eXp Realty, you can also just text me directly. It's uh, just, you know, text me. It's uh, 512-758-0206. In the meantime, you guys have a fantastic day. We'll talk to you on the show tomorrow, and we're going to pick up where we left off today tomorrow.